It's the two sexy Puerto Rican studs, Ortiz Santana, repping that, that LAX 5150. My vision is 2020. You want our 2020 podcast? Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip hop. Check it out. Boom. Ow! 2020 podcast, bro. What? What? Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Nathan McFly with Young Quarantine Poppy. I'm back once again. I know y'all thought I wasn't going to be back, but guess what, guys? He's back. He's back. Shout out to the Domination. Shout out to Los Boricuas. Shout out to the Bachateros out there. We out here. (laughs) (laughs) We out here. Shout shout out to Frankie Ruiz, Anthony Santos. (laughs) For real. And shout out to the king, Romeo. Who knows? Who knows? He's not. He's probably not the Mayimbe. Who knows? Nah, he's the king, bro. I don't know. He might not be the Mayimbe, bro. Anthony Santos, my nigga. He took it to the next level, though. It's a funny, funny, funny thing that we we started with this. My my shorty, she was telling you know my girl's Dominican, <clears throat> and she was telling me that bachata back in like the '70s and the '80s was like. It was it was like in DR it wasn't played like merengue. Oh no, hell no. Like it was kinda like a underground, like only the brothels <laughs> was rocking out to bachata because you know it's talking about love and sex and just yeah. being like hurt and shit. So yeah, I was just I was super surprised by that. Like I thought bachata yeah, was just like the national Music of DR, but apparently merengue is still merengue is number one, bro. Yeah, still number one. Shout out to Johnny Ventura, my nigga. For real, <laughs> my nigga Johnny Ventura. He's the fucking crispiest of the Dominicans, my nigga. Ese ese hombre negrito loco. Yo, but that motherfucker, that nigga could play a tune, bro. I love it, bro. But yeah, man, it's good to be back, bro. You know, the last two weeks have been, it's been challenging for me. I, you know, I had some personal life going on, um, but it's good to be back um, doing what I love to do with my nigga, my brother, Pause, you know, my guy. Yes, sir. You know, back to doing what we're doing, talking about hugging. You know, we love talking about professional <laughs> hugging. Shout out to LP. Shout out to LP Dangerously for that. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's good to be back. Um, last two weeks, um, didn't get to hear the whole episode of last week, but the week before that, I was like, "Damn, am I out of a job here? <laughs> like, need a need a file for fucking COVID relief? Like, I thought it was COVID over. relief. <laughs> I thought it was over for me, man. Like, he was like really, really holding it down, bro. I you know got you, my nigga. I got you, baby. A lot of good information, a lot of good topics. You know what I'm saying? Like you definitely held it down, bro. So, Thank but I'm you. back. Appreciate that. Sorry guys. <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> well, yo, tell, um, tell the people what you were doing, baby. I mean, I don't want to get into everything I was doing, but I did have some time to um, get back into some music. You know what I'm saying? Like something I love to do. Um, I hit the studio twice over that period. 
Um, one one of those days we was recording from like seven in the afternoon, evening to four in the morning, bro. We was just going in. One of those um, epic nights. Word up, but it was it was dope. Um, you know, we produced some some dope tracks. Um, shout out to the Emerald Stone. Did a couple tracks with my cousin. Um, kid is like amazing. <laughs> kid sings. He raps like he be even dancing in the booth. You know what I'm saying? So like I got a track that I recorded and it's featuring the Emerald Stone, but all he did was dance on the track. You you don't even hear him. He just <laughs> gave him a feature based on the dance moves he, he did. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. But yeah, we we doing it, man. We doing it. We bringing it back and um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go full. We're gonna go uh, in full direction to um to get this popping, bro. Beautiful. It's great to hear too, man. It's great to hear, B. Heard up, man. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, man. You already know how to hold it down for us. You know what I'm saying? Just like if I'm not here, I know you're gonna hold it down as well. Oh yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a lot of jokes. You know, maybe, maybe <laughs> go off topic a bit. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but I'm still, definitely hold it down. It's That's still a fact. Twenty by twenty, baby. That's a fact. That's a fact. Regardless of the fact, it's still twenty by twenty. Whatever it may be, baby. You already know. That's a fact. But um, to start to be- off, wait, what happened? It's good to be back. <laughs> Glad you're here, kiddo. But uh, to start off, I just want to talk about uh, what's going on across seas. Um, shit, fucking in New Japan. Got a new double champ and evil. Saw that. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, LIJ is really, really going through it at the moment. I mean, they've been going through it for a little while right now because there's been matches, you know, in between, you know, within within the the, the group with uh, Sonata and Naito. And now, you know, when Naito had the double titles, you know, Hiromu was kind of looking at it. And, you know, evil on the side, was, you know, he was giving them the evil eye, of course. And, you know, everything that happened, happened. So I just want to say big shout out to evil. They needed this because they were the one company, one main company in wrestling that when COVID hit, they stopped everything completely. They didn't record shows in order to have it on TV, online, whatever it may be, just to forward over storylines and all the other shit. They stopped everything. Everything, everything, everything. So, at first, I was like, fuck, man. Yo, Naito got fucked. I was like, but you know what? At the end of the day, I ha- it had to happen. They needed a, a what-the-fuck moment to get the fans back to wanting to watch New Japan. Because the fans were already ready. They were waiting for this. They were salivating over this shit. And then the fact that they were able to have it in an arena that was a third field. So I think that arena holds probably like twenty to twenty-five thousand. They had about seven thousand people there. Wow. So that I think with that holy shit moment and everything that happened within those forty-eight hours from evil turning on LIJ, going to the bullet club, which is mind-boggling to me because I I don't see him as a bullet club member, but I'm gonna get to what I think might happen. Um, but just him doing that, and then the next night, challenging Naito for both the Intercontinental Championship and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, and winning with uh, 
with the guy that's synonymous with Japanese wrestling, MMA, and everything, uh, Dick Togo. He's known as like a real rough, tough dude. And just him being there, being right beside evil as all this is going down. And now New Japan, I mean, the Bullet Club in New Japan is really Japanese heavy. Like before the Bullet Club was seen as, you know, these foreigners, uh, these uh, how they would say Gaijin, you know, from the West Side coming in and fucking shit up. Now, you know, it's more balanced or more swaying over to the Japanese side of things. And that's why, like, I feel that this is a perfect time. Like, when I see somebody coming up and really holding the crown for Bullet Club and, like, the origins of the Bullet Club, who should be the fucking leader, it's Tamatanga. I've always felt that from the moment they kicked out Kenny and the elite, and they were like, yo, we're going back to, like, what made Bullet Club Bullet Club, I always seen Tamatanga as the leader. He was never the, you know, the crown leader of the Bullet Club, but I just fe- felt like he was the one that preserved that that uh, that throwback feeling of the Bullet Club. Yeah, his swag, bro. Dude is just swag. Oh, no, nah, hell yeah. So then I'm thinking right now, I was like, all right, now you have, you know, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Yeah, they're an impact, but they really want to go back to Japan. You know what I'm saying? So maybe, you know, Evil, him him feeling himself at the moment. Because, like, I see Evil. This is the thing. When I see Evil, I see him having his own faction. Because he has his own character. He has his own way of working. And it's crazy because he doesn't, he doesn't embody the whole character. To the point where, like, that's how he looks like when he's giving off interviews and promos. Like, when backstage, when he's doing when he's doing a press conference for New Japan, this nigga swagged the fuck out with some shades on, nice suit on, just chilling. And that's the shit I loved about uh, Los Ingobernables de Japón. Like, these motherfuckers, yo, when they was doing, like, photo shoots in front of magazine, these motherfuckers was the swaggiest niggas on the block, bro. I was like, damn. I was like, okay. It was like so it was like on some four horsemen shit, the way they look together. Mm. You know, like that type of that type of aura. Not saying that, you know, one is flair, one is arm. No. I'm just talking about how they look together when they all suited up and looking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Word. So now when I see Evil, I'm like, all right, you know, like I, I see his character. He comes out with that, with that pitchfork with the fucking um curved fucking blade on it and the fucking hood on and all like i think undertaker prince of darkness the the ministry of darkness type shit you know what i'm saying but yeah but now i'm starting to see maybe a division might be coming within the bullet club there's a lot of more japanese dudes there that probably won't follow the way of the bullet club Mm. you know what i mean so what if evil just separates all that shit by kicking out the OGs, the OGs being there, Tamatanga, uh, Baluk Fale, uh, Ta- you know, Tama's brother's tag partner, and doing all that. And it all happens because they jump Haku. Because Haku comes in and out. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's always around there with his boys and shit. And, I mean, I think that would be dope. And then the saving, you know, the silver line, like the saving point for them would be, you know, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson coming back and be like, yo, fuck it. We're going back to the roots and we fucking shit up. How uh, how many guy jeans is left in uh, 
Bullet Club right now. Besides Gorilla Destiny, you have Jay White, who Jay White already has like a strong bond and a strong like backstory with Balok Fale and a former Bullet Club member in Finn Balor. So you have them, you have them three, you have Balok Fale four, you have El Fantasmo, this 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 uh he's he's British, but he goes by that name. You got that nigga over there. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got homie, you got that nigga over there. Uh, damn. I'm trying to think of all the bullets. Yo, a lot of them. Yo, a lot of them are Japanese now, bro. A lot of a, a lot of them are Japanese now. What if they like took it over on some like yo? They're gonna just remove all the guy jeans, just keep all the natives in Bullet just, Club. You no, know, it could be the Civil War era, the Bullet Club, bro. You know? well, first off, like not for nothing, I appreciate in um, New Japan not having shows, not putting their wrestlers their wrestlers at risk. Yes, you know, definitely. following following the protocol to the point where they were able to have a show with seven thousand people. I feel like the fact that you know WWE isn't doing that, it just it, it keeps affecting them because a lot of their talent isn't on TV because of the shit that's going on. Exactly. So it kind of like, it's kind of, you know, it's good because we're getting wrestling and, you know, we're getting good wrestling and stuff like that. But then it's like, it's not great because a lot of your top talent is missing in action. Yeah. So shout to uh, New Japan for that, for real. But yeah, I was going to ask you like, because I don't know much about evil. So was, do you feel like it was, it was a rushed moment or... It's his time. Like, he could definitely be able to carry both these titles. All right. Rushed? I can't say it was rushed because, like I said earlier, it's it's something that they needed. I mean, they already had the wow factor, him turning on LIJ and all that other shit. But with him beating Naito, taking the titles, and then basically, like, out of the four, the young boy out of the four looked like it was Hiromu, who was, bas- who was basically like the cruiserweight of the bunch. He Now he's going for evil. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wants a shot at evil now. Okay. While holding the, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Oh, so that's and good. This, yeah, it's good because now they have a story. Now they have something else to tell. Now they have something they can build off of. They needed something. They needed something that was going to get everybody talking because everybody's going to be talking about this up until their next event. I mean, whenever it may be, because right now they're talking about that uh, the COVID cases in Japan are kind of spiking a little bit. Mm. But who knows if they got to shut shit down again and then mm. reopen it. Nobody knows yet. That sucks. And where's Naito right now after all this? Naito is on his Will Smith shit right now, bro. He's memed out, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yo, yo, shout out to Don't Try This At Home Radio. Don't try that at home no more, bro. I'm not, we, we're not going to get into it, but I seen the comments. It was crazy. Yeah, n- niggas went niggas went crazy over over somebody using a meme, bro. Uh, just thinking about it now, like it's like, come on, man. Like, what what do you think is gonna happen? Like, memes get generated every day, right? Of course. And who doesn't use something 
and then it, it's been already it's been already shared about uh, let's say a hundred times to the point where you don't know the originator of the shit. Right. It's like, come on, man. Like I, I just feel like if people people saying like, you know, shit like that and you know, actually come the way they came at them, I was just like, wow. Like I, I was you know, I, you know, I can't even be surprised because you know that, that's how that's how the industry is, man. Not even that. It's just the age that we're in. People want to be outraged. They want to catch feelings. They want to be a victim so bad to the point where they would write like twenty comments about a fucking meme. And it wasn't even all that. I'm a. I'm gonna just be honest with you too. Like. I thought it was all right. It was just funny because it, it it went with the story that was going on for the time being. But next week, nobody's going to care about the shit. Except for the dude that made the meme. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, shout out to Heartbreak. And shout That's out to Julio. Julio. We out here, baby. We here. We here. Don't worry about it. Y'all good, man. Y'all good, man. That's just going to be over and done with real quick. This is Nathan McFly, the 20 by 20 podcast, and this episode was sponsored by Dream Match Wrestling. You're asking yourself, who's Dream Match Wrestling? What's Dream Match Wrestling? Let me tell you who Dream Match Wrestling is. He is the master designer, the hand behind the pen, who helped us bring to light our ideas on the Brian Pillman shirt, Shawn Michaels shirt, Finn Balor shirt that we got going right now. And he has many, many more designs. And if you want to see what he's doing with his Dream Match scenario line, this is what you got to do. Go to www.dreammatchwrestling.shop. You want to get in touch with him individually? Go to his Instagram page, at Dream Match Wrestling. You got an idea for a logo, an idea for a shirt, an idea for a portrait. Whatever it may be, he brings the ideas to light, brings it in front of you. Because he is the master designer, the hand behind the pen. He is Dream Match Wrestling. Check it out. Now back to the pot. Yo, Sonny just got out of jail. Now she's back in. And she out What's here with... What's up for? For being a prosti? <laughs> That's what you would think, right? That's <laughs> literally what I think. <laughs> <laughs> she got arrested because she wasn't supposed to be driving. She wasn't supposed to be driving. So she doesn't have a license. With a suspended license and she got arrested, bro. Where was she driving to? That's what I want to know. She was probably driving to the liquor store, bro. Yeah, she was probably going to go to Steinway and go... Actually, she was in PA. Go go sit in a parking spot. (laughs) (laughs) She was going to be across the street from Rivies? Yeah. (laughs) Literally, in a parking spot. Yo, shooting something for OnlyFans. Oh, she has OnlyFans? Ah, <laughs> uh, listen, listen. I'm here. I'm good for months. Uh, yo, this thing is that I'm here. <laughs> Show love to the community. I'm good for that first month. Oh, wow. After that, I would not like to resubscribe. We cancel subscriptions after the first 30 days. Nah, I don't even think she's giving out free subscriptions, bro. Nah, yeah, I'll pay. You know, I'll pay a little four ninety nine. <laughs> pay a little six ninety nine. you know. Why not? Oh, man. You gotta show love to the community, bro. Yeah, but she, 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 she nasty, like you just said, bro. 
She is nasty. She's been nasty for a while. Like, ever since, like, Shawn Michaels and these dudes, like, spoke about her, like, she was a straight... Prosty. Like, she was a straight... <laughs> it was like, everybody got that. Like, like Whoa, damn. Wait, what? What? Were you having a cloudy day? Damn, son. Oh, she's funny. Damn. Never heard of Marlena like that. She's somebody that I always wonder, like, where is she? Probably she, chilling, doing. she was my favorite. <laughs> she was your favorite? <laughs> oh, man. Was she? Forget about it. She used to smoke on a cigar. Quiet. Never never on the mic. Just... <laughs> yeah. She was the greatest. Niggas like, yo, that's a conversation for another day. Yo, Mar- Marlena, if you're listening, man, holler at me. SM.2. <laughs> I'll definitely subscribe. Oh, shit. This nigga. But uh, first thing I want to get into for this week was, uh, you know, this week we had Fight for the Fallen AEW's event. And one thing really resonated with me when I was watching this event, and it was that it seems like their main, their main card, their, you know, Guys, the guys on, on on top, like it ain't cutting it right now, bro. Mm. You know, I saw Mox versus Cage. Now, Cage is the third person being built heavy, like as like a destroyer, and this is coming after you know, uh, what's his name, Brody Lee. Uh, the mo the the murder mohawk, uh, Lance Archer. These guys came in with such hype and determination to like, you know, kill the competition. Their first real match, their first high profile match, they lose it and they lose it in clean fashion. Whether it be a one two three or Taz throwing the towel in. And I was real taken back by that because it's like, damn, all right. You you brought in three really good talents. Not going to use the word great. They're really good because I feel like for some of them, they still have some ways to go in order to be great. Who's the best of the three? The best of the three? Brian Cage. Brian Cage, not only – just look at him, bro. He he looks exactly – what like wrestling was when we were fucking kids. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but this motherfucker is gonna do a moonsault. This motherfucker is gonna go out there and and really do his thing. He's he's very versatile. He's not only a big man, he can't just play the monster, he could play everything else. You know what I'm saying? And for him, he didn't even yo, he didn't he didn't kick out, nothing, he ain't tap out. I mean, yeah, that's what I meant to say. He didn't tap out, and then Taz threw in the towel. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, when they were building Austin, you know, Austin wasn't going to be Brett. But Austin never tapped out. Austin passed out. Right, but he – Brian Cage didn't pa- um, tap out either, right? He didn't tap out, but the the, 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 towel, the towel was thrown in. No, right, but I like, I liked it. I'm gonna tell you why, because it kind of it's like, 
you know, Moxley didn't lose. Brian Cage didn't really lose. Um, like, he wasn't beaten. Um, and it kind of, like, it keeps it, it keeps it still open. But it's also, like, it was the gimmick of, you know, his arm didn't want to mess up his arm again. Yeah. So it's like Brian Cage was like, whatever, I'm just going to, I'm in it. I'm not tapping out. And obviously Taz peeped that and was like, nah, I got to save, I got to save. You got to save the investment. Exactly. So that, I respected that. And I, I just liked it because it, le- it leaves it open. You feel me? And it's like, you can't say that Cage really lost. So it's kind of like when they do wrestle again, which should be soon, don't you think? Don't you think they'll give him another shot? To be honest, everybody that has lost a title match or lost a title, whatever it may be, never gets one back. Never gets a rematch. There's never been there's never been a rematch. Mm. You know, all the times Jericho won, defended that title, nobody got a rematch. He hasn't got a rematch for for the AEW championship when John Moxley beat him. Lance Archer hasn't got hasn't got any type of rematch or any or they even like associate him with that title. And then the thing is, it's like you bring in you bring in these mouthpieces in Jake Roberts and Taz, who are phenomenal on the mic. Because it's Jake Roberts a lot more than Taz. Because Taz is great on the mic, but he doesn't know how to sell his client. Like when when I was seeing all that shit go down. It was basically him promoting himself. Like, he brought back his old belt, my nigga. Like, come on, bro. Like, fuck out of here. You know what? I don't know. People pop for that. I don't want to see that shit no more. Shit makes no sense. This shit is a made-up fucking title. It's like fucking Ted DiBiase trying to give somebody right now the million-dollar belt. Fuck is that shit going to do? That shit ain't going to do. Million-dollar belt was fly, though. It was fly, but that shit ain't going to do nothing for nobody, my nigga. It ain't do nothing for his son. It ain't do nothing for Steve Austin when he first came in. Nigga was losing with the belt, my nigga. Like, come on now. Yeah, sure. I mean, that million-dollar title is a lot better than the FTW title. Yeah, the FTW shit looked like he got that shit somewhere in Corona, my nigga, from a fucking guy that sells fucking (laughs) fucking, uh, trophies for, for PS20. Like, yo, here's the PTA. Appreciation trophy for being on the basketball team. That shit looked like it came with with matching orange fucking wristbands and knee pads and shit. You know, like yo, listen, I'll throw in a t-shirt if you want, bro. You wanted some details, so I got you. Yeah, it's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's been a week. Yeah, so that that that's my only thing with this. So then it's like, where do we go now? Who's in the title scene? There's nobody really in the title scene. You have Darby Allen coming back, and then you did some fucking turn off the lights. Darby Allen don't need that shit. Like I've always said, that nigga is a star in himself. Yo, what did they call him? Did, did it say the mortician? Is that his? No. No? Okay, I thought I saw some shit. Yeah, I saw when the lights went off. I was like, is the Undertaker here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I just thought there was no Like, I, I don't know where this is going. I guess Darby Allen is going to come after Brian Cage now because Brian Cage put him on the shelf for like a month and a half because of the the whole ladder match they had to see who was going to face Moxley. But, uh, like, all the – like, I my thing is this. Like, who's there, my nigga? Who's there for the main card? I don't see nobody there. 
You know what I'm saying? And if I'm starting to see, all right, John Moxley's had three title defenses, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was three title defenses. He had one against Brody Lee, had one against right now with Brian Cage and Jake Hager from, from the inner circle. Right. With Jake Hager, they had like a real like technical MMA style fight. Like, I feel like there has to be some type of stipulation in the fight for his for his fights that kind of, like, either mean something or be watchable. Because, like, I was watching him versus Brian Cage, and I, I, I didn't feel anything watching the match. Like, I can't explain it. I thought it was a good match, actually. I didn't see anything there. Like, it was just, like, whatever. That's... It. That's what I, I felt like it was slow. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't feel anything there for that match. I mean, I know that um, the moment I saw Brian Cage at that show, like two years ago, I think it was, year and a half yeah. ago. The Impact show we went to. Yeah. I was just like, yo, this dude is a fucking monster. I was like, what the hell? Why the hell is he still on Impact? I mean, this is just my thoughts. He's still doing an impact. What does he have a co problem or something? You can't, you can't elevate. Like, but seeing him in AEW is like, yo, this dude to me, to me, it's just, I, I'm liking it. He's the to me, he's the real deal. Um, the fact that he can do those moonsaults and shit just adds like another layer to who he is. Um, he kind of reminds me like he's dude is fucking Jack, bro. Like. Kind of like, kind of reminds me of a tan Dino Bravo almost. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kind of gives me Buff Bagwell vibes a little bit too when I see him. Like, no, of course. <laughs> like, it's just, but it's just that, hey, yo, I haven't really heard him speak. Nothing. Me neither. Like, like, there's no character. There's nothing there. You know, like, and you, 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 a lot of people was like, yo. Like, who's really going into this match? Is it fucking Taz or Brian Cage? Like, Taz wasn't really selling Brian Cage on, until he said, guess what, Moxley? He's going to fuck you up. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> Tell me something else, my nigga. Like, what the fuck? I hear you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just, I'm with it. I'm willing to let it uh, unfold. Um, I think that's your future champion anyway. That's just my opinion on that, man. Yeah, but um, like I like I was talking about, like who's there to uh, actually battle battle Moxley? Because to me, the the number one singles wrestler, and I'm not even talking record status because I know they go by these records, is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is basically building that mid card by himself. Sure. Regardless who he's in the ring with. Whether it be Ricky Starks, Sonny Kiss, um, uh, what's his name? Homie from Private Party, uh, Jesus Lord. Uh, Mark Quinn, Mark Quinn, or just anybody. Anybody that comes into that ring, battling him for that title, he's making that one of the best matches of the night. And it's just, I think they they pigeonhole themselves. To a point where, like, you know, now Cody can't, he can't 
the you know go for that AEW title because he had lost to MJF. But then where's MJF? MJF is hardly on TV. You see him more in the crowd doing nothing than on TV. Is uh, he injured? No, he's not injured. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just I, I don't know what they're doing with that. And you know, we've seen a little something different from Kenny, which is <laughs> which is surprising and great at the same time. You know, it was the elite versus the Jurassic Express, the elite one. And you know, Kenny is like right there with Marco Stunt, the littlest nigga in the game right now. Beat him and up. it looked like he was con- he was gonna congratulate him on a hard fought, you know, hard fought match. Yo, you, you know, don't worry about it. You 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 all right out here, we good. And out of nowhere, just started decking that nigga. Bang, bang, bang. I was like, oh, shit. uh, And then, you know, Young Bucks come, yo, Kenny, what you doing? And he just, you know, he pulls over to the side, corner of the ring, starts talking to himself and shit. And this is all that happened. This all happened after the FTR dumped beer on him. So maybe this is triggering him to be his old self, you know? That'll be great. That'll be great and highly needed in AEW. I'm not listen. I'm not here to to trash like Moxley's uh reign in AEW, but I think it needs to be cut short. I think they need uh, a what the fuck moment, just like New Japan. What New Japan just did with that moment with Evil, I think is gonna resonate through certain promotions and see that they need a what the fuck moment themselves in order to keep the fans entertained. You don't have the fans there. You got to entertain them through that through that lens. Through that red that red eye lens, bro. You got to entertain them. Word. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel that Omega is needed within the singles division because after Omega, Moxley I mean what is Brian Cage going to get another shot? Uh, what's Lance Archer doing? What's Brody Lee doing? Brody Lee is over here. Tag- you know, Brody Lee's out here doing tag matches with, uh, what's his name? Fucking Cole Cabana. And then you have, you know, you have Red Dust out here managing a fucking women's tag team. They don't even have a women's tag team division. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> what's up with Neville? Neville? Neville's stuck in England. He can't do nothing. He's probably under a bridge just fucking mad and shit. Who knows? Why? Because of COVID? Yeah. Oh, shit. So he's stuck out there. Uh, a lot of people talk about Scorpio Scott, you know, him and SCU. SCU has really been, like, thrown over to the wayside, I think, within the tag division. I mean, the tag division is stacked. Uh, and I feel like that's one area where... AEW is really excelling. Like, crazy. Because think about the teams they have there. They got the Revival there. They got the Lucha Bros there. Even though they, they've also been thrown to the wayside. Uh, fucking Santana and Ortiz, SCU, Jurassic Express. They have best friends. They have the champs, Kenny Omega and Adam Page, who should be singles competitors. I really don't know why they're not single competitors. But them as a tag team still works because they're fucking dope. They got the Butcher and the Blade. They have the Young Bucks. 
who at one point was regarded as the best tag team of like a decade, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like they have a, a fucking wealth within that tag division. And what I seen on Wednesday night with the Revival versus the Lucha Bros was, dude, that was, that was a perfect tag team match. You have two teams on the opposite side of the spectrum. You have the Lucha Bros, who are all about flips and doing some fly shit, but still Lucha. kick Lucha, but still kick your ass. Hit hard, hit stiff against a team who's very technical that hit stiff as well. And they just complimented each other off their moves. And the end of the match is what really, really had me like, oh, this shit was fucking perfect. It was probably the best, best match of the night was when they seen everything and anything they were doing, they couldn't top the Lucha Bros. They were just right there with them. So he knows, how am I going to get this dude, you know, to, like, you know, lose his concentration? Nigga stripped off fucking Phoenix's mask. Phoenix was only concentrated on people looking at his face. Yo, yo, Phoenix looked like, remember back in the day when... You know, we just be chilling, and then somebody will flag somebody, like pull their pants down, and then they'll be, like, they'll start like frantically trying to pull their pants up. Is it like, no, oh, look at my drawers? <laughs> was acting. Word, like, yo, what you doing, bro? Son, I thought, and then that was a great finish. That was an amazing finish, perfect finish to that perfect match finish. because because now Ultra Bros could say, oh, you needed to have done that in order to win the match. You know, like, there could be a back and forth going on there. Not a few. One thing, the one thing that's constant the last couple of weeks is, and I'm going to go back to Cody, his aggression within his matches, especially with Sonny Kiss, he was very aggressive with him. He started off with a kick to the face. Shout out to Sonny Kiss, who performed phenomenally against Cody Rhodes, like, Yo, Sonny Kiss did his thing. Yeah, he did his thing, man. For real. But um, the one thing that's been current is in Cody's matches and on the Revival matches, they pan out to the crowd. There's the one constant face there that's always looking at the matches. Tony. Tully Blanchard. Oh, Tully, yeah, yeah. Tully Blanchard. Then you got Arn Anderson making Cody... Very aggressive in the ring. You have, you know, the revival. I, a lot of people's like, oh, we don't need a remake of the Four Horsemen. Yo, listen. Nobody need all these Batman remakes, right? Or a fucking Superman remake. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, if they do it right, they do it well, everybody's exactly. going to love it. Exactly, and bro. Cody leading that. He can sell everything. Yes. Like, every promo that dude has cut since AEW started has been fire. Get Blood, bad, sweat, bro. and tears in every single fucking feud that he's had. Only nigga with a list, but they probably got a gift for Gab, my nigga. Seriously. <laughs> I'm here, and I'm here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be dope. It would be dope to see them bring back the four horsemen or at least a you know another version of it. 
I mm. feel like those four can act, and it's them three with with Sean Spears. Sean Spears, I, I feel that he's gonna be the Barry Windham, you know, like that that second that second singles title holder. He could do that because he's actually really good in the ring. Can't talk much. Barry Windham wasn't talking much either. But guess what? He had Flair and Arn there. Guess <laughs> what? Sean Spears is gonna have Cody who has some really phenomenal suits, let me tell you. <laughs> and the Revival, bro. He's going to have his own form of Arn and Tully. Word. And I feel like they, those those four are so embodied in the business and love the business so much that they'll make it work. They'll know how to make it work. You know what I'm saying? Word. Looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward into that. And, you know, and a big shout-out to Cody. Like I said earlier, man, he's really making that singles title to the point where everybody's forgetting how it's not done. You know? Dike. <laughs> Dike. No, no está hecho todavía. It's not done yet. And he's he's really the best singles competitor in that promotion at the moment. Best singles competitor in that promotion at the moment. One of the best doing it right now, period. Yo, you can even say that yourself. Yeah, I felt that way like three, four months ago. So there you He's go. One of the best doing it right now. But my thing is this. This is my concern. If, you know, there's a few Kenny and Paige break up, they're not a team anymore, and Kenny, you know, goes solo, like what – AEW's really been doing now that's besides tag team, what they've been pretty pretty good on is build trying to build new stars. Because they haven't built that one new star yet, but trying to build new stars. My concern is this. If they go into having uh, a top-heavy division of singles competitors, does that take away from building new stars? Or do you think they could still build those new stars within the mid-card division while they, they you know, concentrate on uh, the main the main, uh, the main card? Yeah, I, I feel like with the talent they have, they can do both, bro. They can okay. do both for sure. Um, I mean, what else? You got the demo god. <laughs> bro. Like... Please don't have sex with my wife. <laughs> you ever seen um you remember what's his name? Damn, the rush uh the, the rapper from Cali. He was the something god. I forgot his fucking name. Oh, the king of the burbs? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> he put he was the one that put a hex on Oh, Kevin. you're talking about um the base god. Well, base god. So this is so demo god, I thought of the base card. But yo, real quick about the demo card. My man, does Jericho realize that he's going up against NXT? Like, does he think that he's like battling the whole WWE, like Raw and SmackDown? Like you calling yourself the demo god because you guys won a couple Wednesday night wars with NXT? No, he he's calling himself that because they win a key demographic, the one that the the sponsors look at, basically. 
But why does why does he keep talking about so numbers? So the synopsis on that is because he on Twitter he talks about he's like yo all right because you know Sasha Banks was like yo we're the best tag team in the world meaning her and Bailey they're like yo we're better than the Sex Gods the Sex Gods was the the tag team they were trying to form with him and Sammy Guevara before Sammy Guevara was out there you know saying his stupid shit right and you know like that was the first time in a while I think they beat AEW in the ratings was when Sasha was headlining the the NXT show. So that happened and NXT won, I think the lot before this week that passed NXT, I think has won the last two or three weeks, if I'm not mistaken, he's either two or three weeks. And he kept on saying, he's like, yeah, but they're not winning the key demographic, the key demographic being, I think it's like, um, 18 to 35 or 18 to 49, something like that. And that's the key demographic because that's a good demographic that gets the, the most money. It has the most earning power and they're going to spend the most money on the product. You know what? Fine. Right. I can, I can, I can hear Eric Bischoff talking about shit like that. I can hear Vince talking about shit like that. But yeah, but they were talking about full, full ratings. They weren't even talking about demographics. They were just talking about... Oh, right, but just ratings. talking about numbers, period, right? You can yeah. hear those dudes talking about it. But to hear, like, one of your top wrestlers talking about it, it just sounds so corny to me, bro. It just sounds so corny that to the point that you made a T-shirt calling yourself the demo god. Like, is this all you have going on? I think he's just feeding into what everybody is coming at him with. Like, ah, this nigga Chris Jericho's I he's Bro. trying to be he's trying to be a heel. No, and I get it. But what I'm saying is like during those Monday Night Wars back in the day. Yeah. Picture fucking Undertaker talking like doing a promo. And Guess then just why? being like, <laughs> not to mention we beat <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 5.31 That's 31,000 viewers And you know what I gotta tell them Rest In peace you know, like, What the <laughs> fuck Or any of them The Rock, DX like yeah. They were talking about numbers like that It's almost like It's almost like rappers right They'd, they'd be like yo Nigga, I saw yeah, have you seen the streams? Huh? They'd be like, have you seen the streams? Exactly. Yo, we caught a billion streams. It's like, bruh, that shit is still whacked. Right? Or it's just not that great. Yeah, but, but it's, no. it's just nothing to put your hat. It's just nothing to put in your hat. You know what I'm saying? The feather, that's not a good feather to put in your hat. I just feel like that it's it's a different, it's a different time too, man. I think he's trying to go with the times with all the social media and what everybody's talking about. And he's just playing it into his character. But then I, I don't know what really is his character sometimes because I don't know if it's Jericho himself or the character. So yeah. if, if I'm having trouble defining the both of them, I feel like he's doing a good job. Okay. Because I really don't know who's who. Like you yeah, have Sebastian Bach, you have Sebastian Bach, the rock star, fucking mm-hmm. talking shit to Jericho, bro. 
telling him that he's not a real singer. Like he can't he can't hold chops against him and all his other shit. Like stick to your wrestling shit. This ain't wrestling. I'll call you out on shit on some real shit. I'm whoa. like, oh whoa. I was like, whoa, where the fuck this come from? <laughs> whoa. And then Jericho's gonna pop shit at him. And then he's gonna turn around he and say, Well, who sold the most albums? Who who streamed the most demos? <laughs> like that shit um, fuck with Jericho, but my son Orange Cassidy is just outshining him. He's just he's just looking great. Yo. Shout out to Orange Cassidy. Yeah, and um I said it last week that uh Cassidy didn't need to win that match because they don't have anything built for him after beating somebody of like Jericho's status. You know what I'm saying? Like he's still fairly new within the singles division, still fairly new within wrestling as a whole. Exactly. And him just basically having the platform to present himself and show himself more than just a comedy act against a talent like Jericho, I think was a win for him all around. For sure. All around. All around win for him, man. And I like how it's just him and he's beefing with a whole fucking faction. Yes. And he's not even talking. No, not at all. (laughs) Like, yeah, I fucks with it. I mean, they put him, they put him with a team the best friends because they didn't know what to do with him and he outshined it. Exactly. Nah, yeah. That, they're not a faction though. No, like, nigga, he on Wednesday, he got his own fucking music. He's good to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's good to go now. He don't got to say much. He just got to be himself and he's a star. Yo, aren't like you said, I always go back to this. Every time I talk about Orange Cassidy, I always go back to what you said to me and LP, bro. When we was at that show um, out here in Woodside in Queens, you're like, it was the first time you, you didn't even know who the fuck Orange Cassidy was. You were nah. just enamored by his fucking aura, like the the person like that was coming to the ring. And you're like, yo, he's a fucking star. Without even seeing him throw a fucking punch or a kick. Honestly, as soon as I saw him throw that thumb up and it was a lazy ass thumbs up, it's not even like the full extended thumb. It's like he only shows the little top of his thumb. That shit is like, who is this guy? <laughs> hey yo, who is this lazy fuck? <laughs> but uh loved it. Going back to uh double champs, we're gonna go to NXT and give props once again. To the limitless Keith Lee. Killing him. Wait, hold on. Did that just rhyme real quick? The belly god. The, the limitless Keith Lee? No. All right. No, I said something before that. I felt like it kind of rhymed. But anyways, whatever. Uh, Yeah, man. Like you said, the belly god. Do, out here, doing it for the big boys, for the super heavyweights. Word. I know. I, I'm noticing like Shorty's on the side, like looking at me now. I, I feel like it's because of Keith Lee. <laughs> Yo, dude. This is my thing. All right. So when Keith Lee won, everybody was rejoicing. You know, I, I talked. I, I know I talked about this last week, but you weren't here. And you know, he was also getting some hate on the side. And. People are like, all right, he beat Adam Cole. What's going to happen with Adam Cole? He's going to go to the main roster and get lost. Da-da-da-da. Vince don't don't know what to do. Ah, oh, sorry. Had a burp there. 
Vince don't know what to do with him. Da 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 da. All this other shit. And I presented uh, a scenario where they don't need to go to the main roster. There's been plenty of factions, including the Bullet Club, who go into an event or go into the year with all the gold, lose everything at the swipe, but yet they regroup and redo what they did a year or two prior to that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that they need to go. Would it be great? Of course it would be great. Because then you have Adam Cole going up there and it's going to just be, it's going to give him a whole new scenario of matches to work with. But back to Keith Lee. WWE does multiple champs. Everybody's like, so where does this go from here? Everybody questions it. New Japan does double champs. There's no question. Like, I understand that New Japan is New Japan, and they probably have probably, using that word, bold, all capitals, probably have the best pure form of the art of wrestling, the entertainment of wrestling. But why is it that New Japan can get away with having double champs and then people see double champs in NXT with Keith Lee, people see double champ with uh, Bailey as a tag team and a, a SmackDown women's champ, and, 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 and it's frowned upon. Like, Keith Lee, if anybody deserves this, if this moment was deserved for some, it's Keith Lee. He is the perfect example of what a wrestler should be going forward. Not only is he over 300 pounds, he's a big motherfucker, but he doesn't fight as a fucking destroyer, as a giant. He fights as a wrestler. He's out there doing moves that a person his size should not be doing, moving like a person of his size should not be moving. He awes at every time he goes into that ring, he awes. And then people are like, oh, he, he sold too much for Adam Cole. No, not at all. Like, Adam Cole was pulling out everything and could not stop Keith Lee. It wasn't like a close three count at all within that match with him and Adam Cole. So right now what we have is a great match, and I don't mind that NXT went back to this, a match with him and Dijak for both titles because the three matches they had before this, all three were equally as good because they were equally different. Mm -hmm. With Keith Lee winning two, Dijak winning one. And it was just basically a display of what pro wrestling may look like in five years. Yes, we had a time where a lot of the smaller guys were winning what is so-called the heavyweight titles and shit like that, but that might just die down for a bit 
and move these, you know, super heavyweights over, the ones that could really move as main champions. And especially Keith Lee. Keith Lee could talk on the mic. He's presentable. He has like this. I, I don't even know what to call it. You know what I'm saying? Like, la 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 Nah, yeah, yeah. He has a presence for sure. And I I just don't understand why this is looked at not as highly. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it, I can see why it's not looked as highly because with the IWGP championship, it has more of a history, more of an aura with it than NXT because NXT hasn't been around that long. Exactly. But NXT is still part of a company within WWE. Hold on. Fucking cats trying to eat the dog's food and shit. But anyways. <laughs> you know, like... Hay hambre. Yes, hay hambre cuando ella tiene comida. Said, Fucking cat, my nigga. Shit. <laughs> Let me ask you this quick question real quick. <clears throat> In right. regards to, like, Keith Lee... Um, you put up a post the other day that showed all of the people of color that were champions right now. Yes. Do you think some of the hate about Keith Lee being a double champion is coming from a place where it's like, all right, you're overdoing it. We get it. You know, you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to crown you know, some black wrestlers and give them some titles and stuff like that. Because it just seems like the hate is not like, it's not based on what Keith Lee is doing because he's been super on point. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's introduced like some cool shit. You know, like that 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 movie does when, because um, you're watching that match with, um that he just had. Well, yeah. What's his name? I don't know how to pronounce Dijak. it. Donovan Dijak. Yeah, Dijak. He, like, lifted him up with one hand, bro. That was fire. So it's like, to hate on Keith Lee right now, you, you got to go out your way. And you got to, like, probably have, like, some underlining, you know, hatred or some underlining bullshit going on to really, like, hate on what he's doing. And it, and it's crazy because the tweets I see when they try to, like, you know, argue what's going on, Yo, no, no hate to Keith Lee because he he deserves it. You know, Keith Lee's been around, but what are they gonna do with Adam Adam Cole? But how does that you know how does that give Adam Cole any clout? Well, now we're gonna put him up to the main roster and he's gonna get lost. Then we're gonna fucking lose him and then he's gonna go to AEW. Like it's just you know you throw your hands up at that shit. Like yo, come on, my nigga. Like yo, what we just seen? We've never really. When have we seen a black man as a double champion? Right? Understandable. Is it happening? I don't think so. If this is not UFC, I haven't seen it, bro. Yeah, I can't recall right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that and that's my thing too. It's like, all right, when I put that post up, going back to that post, and I see certain comments that people are making, like Yo, race doesn't, yo, race isn't the subject. Like, yo, it doesn't matter. Who really gives a fuck about who's 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 champion? And it's like, all right, great. You know what I'm saying? All right, cool. 
who the fuck is champion. But the thing is, it's just wrestling is basically a, re- a reflection of what's going on today in the world. And if wrestling could make a difference, and then that's the thing, though. I feel like pro wrestling could make that difference. Showing stuff like this, showing black champions and shit like that. That's a difference maker. You know, I understand that this is this is a false reality. I understand this is a fake universe. I understand that. As a pro wrestling fan, I understand that shit. You know what I'm saying? But am I not going to pop when a black man fucking becomes champion? Nigga, I'm going to go crazy when I see that shit. Word. Especially if they're fucking built right and presented gracefully. So with it. Everybody could talk shit about Kofi Kingston joint. Talk shit about it, bro. I don't give a fuck. At the end of the day, it's not like he didn't beat people that mattered, bro. He beat people that fucking mattered. Say what you want about Randy Orton. What's your thoughts about what's your thoughts about Randy Orton now? Yeah, he's probably the MVP of this shit right now because of all the shit Randy Orton is doing. And we're gonna have a reasonable clout next week for Randy Orton. But Getting back to what's going on right now, he's not the only one. He beat Daniel Bryan. Yep. He fuck, dude. He went through a roster, beating people for six, seven months, and people said, "Oh, he wasn't presented right." Why not? Because he had two, three matches with one person, two, three matches with the next person. It's building stories. What did you want, fucking Kofi Kingston, to do? When when that whole match came down and Brock left, I already knew what the fuck was gonna happen. Ray knew what was gonna happen. But then we have to go in to the story of everything. In a story, a man of Brock Lesnar's size. Only way he's gonna lose to a man of Kofi Kingston's size is if there's some type of enhancement. Right. You know what I'm saying? They could have told that story. Of course they could have. But they have something else brewing. I'm pretty sure, bro. I'm pretty sure. Because, yo, Kofi Kingston has not been out the eye of the camera since he's lost. Yeah, he went back into, into tag wrestling, but where's... Where's Xavier Woods? He's fucking injured at home. They yep. need the new day on TV. I'm yep. telling you, man, before Kofi's done, he's going to get another world title run. He had one already. A prominent so. one. Dude, he had a prominent one. It was like over 100, over 100 days with that, with that title, bro. Not with the world title. Not with the universal title. With the WWE championship. Word. They could build that story again. You know, they gave him the Daniel Bryan treatment, bro. It worked. I'm telling you, it'll work, bro. And I feel like the next one, within a year or two, if it could work, it's going to be Big E. Yeah, this dude needs a singles career already. Like, let's just see it. They just need um, Xavier Woods to get back, man. 
Well, that way that he can stay with Kofi. Yeah. And he can go. Definitely. But um, let's not get too sidetracked. Going back to Keith Lee. He beats Dijak. Scarlett Bordeaux. Carrying across his chick comes into the ring with the shattered time, time, time glass, hourglass that Keith Lee shattered and basically put it in the ring and walked backwards. Telling him, yo, Karrion Cross wants next. Now, this is where I become conflicted as a fan. I love everything they've been doing with Karrion Cross. Word up. The, pre- the presentation of the character from him being in the ring, everything. It's fucking beautiful, bro. But I also love the direction they're going with Keith Lee. And if we're living in the limitless era, as they would say at the moment, because he's the champ, where does this match go? How does this match even happen? You know what I'm saying? Because when it does happen, there only could be one winner. And I feel at this moment, if it's within the next month or two, it's going to be too short. And it's going to be met with a lot of backlash. A lot of backlash that that character of Cross doesn't need at the moment because it's so well built. What do you think? It'd be nice if I could hear you because you're on mute. Jesus, you don't have to call me out. Um, <laughs> I um, I don't know. It's yeah. It's like you don't want Cross to lose the momentum. Yeah. Uh, by taking an L to Keith Lee. But you don't want to stop whatever momentum that Keith Lee is also building. Exactly. The double champion. Um, I think the probably the best thing. You know, it's cool that Keith Lee's the double champion. I think he should just drop one of those belts. Um, you know, start a tournament or do something where, or, you know, fatal five, you know, five-way match or whatever. However you're going to do it. But I think they need to probably separate Keith Lee from one of those belts. I don't know, bro. I just... I think it's too early, like for Killer Cross to already have beef with the champion. You feel me? Like, especially when the champion just became the champion. And it's just, it's it feels like they're like feeding people over. Seriously. To, uh, to to cross because he he took out uh this dude uh Bronson Reed needs to change his nickname, bro. Because I'm not calling a guy thick boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> a thick with a double C. I'm not doing that. Yes, yeah, nasty. I didn't even know he was crip. Yeah. That. <laughs> but um, yeah. And then you have him basically demolish um, Champa. So he's like going through the ranks, and then you know. What NXT is like, they're building stars right now. 
they don't have people to feed over. Like you have Timothy Thatcher and he does his catch wrestling shit, which is great. I love Timothy Thatcher. Love him. I love what what he's doing and bringing like that pureness, that pureness of the wrestling back into the forefront. I love that. Um, then you have, you know, Hijo de Fantasma, fucking um, Santos Escobar. With, oh yeah. <laughs> yo, that, I, I love. We're gonna get into that. I love everything they're doing there. Uh, Dijak, you're feeding Dijak to Cross next week. And then it's like, okay, you're trying to build up a scenario with, you know, Damian Priest and um, the other wild boy with the fucking hair and the fucking goatee and shit. It's like, who else are you going to feed him? Who else is he going to have a match with? He needs to have... If you're going to take the bow for Keith Lee, understandable. I know you got to have to keep the show moving and all that shit. But if that's going to happen, I feel like Karrion Cross should have at least two, three matches before that happens. Like two, three, like either pay-per-view matches or, like, network special shit, something before that happens. Like, I don't think they even have the resource right now for certain people sitting out. And, you know, it goes the same for AEW as well. Like, I don't think they have the resources to move it up. And we're going to see a whole lot of short title rings. But a short title may might just ruin what Keith Lee is doing. A short title reign might just ruin what you've been doing with Cross. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like they shouldn't disrupt whatever the, whatever's going on with both of them. Like bringing them together was is going to disrupt one or the other for sure. Yeah, and I, I just don't know where they're going to go from that. And it's oh my god, it just it just it sucks. It sucks. It sucks to hear. It sucks to see. You know. But let's give eight um, NXT. Let's give them a chance. Give Triple H a chance, because uh, yeah, who knows what they're gonna pull out? Yeah, Triple H is a fucking genius, bro. What every any, anything and everything he's been doing right now is just is just genius. So shout out to him and his uh, and his crew of writers and it's just his crew of people's helping him with NXT. Fire shit, fire shit, what they're doing right now. It was one thing I wanted to bring to your attention. Talk to me. It was based on a conversation um, the people were having, you know, the little wrestling chat with the other podcasts, you know, come together, building, whatever. I saw that they posted... They posted a basically... It was a picture of NWO... Triple Eight, uh, yes, the Four Horsemen, and Bullet Club, and then said one stable has to go. Who are you picking? Between DX, Four Horsemen, NWO, and Bullet Club. NWO and Bullet Club. All right, cool. This is my thing. Who are you picking? You know what? I'll, I'll be honest. Oh, Jesus. I, I I can't really pick. And this is something that really, really bothers me. Like, people put posts like this, like, yo, one of these got to go. Go. And then they put everything that has some type of connection to the next. 
And what I mean by that is NWO. NWO has a connection to what DX and Bullet Club is. The Horseman was a lifestyle and something to be emulated with the time, something that was needed to rival what was going on in WWF, which was WWE at the time. You know what I'm saying? So the Jimmy Crocker promotion needed that. They That was something that was totally different from what WWE was doing and basically that kind of like took everybody by storm. Without, without the four horsemen, is Ric Flair that fly? You know what I'm saying? That Just having those three people with him there, having Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, um, Ole Anderson when it was him, uh, Barry Windham when it was him. And then, you know, they also had Lex Luger, Sid Justice, and the Four Horsemen. But when you talk about the pinnacle era of the Four Horsemen, it was needed at the time for professional wrestling to kind of, like, gravitate towards the pop culture. Yes, WWE was doing that with WrestleMania. But I, I like uh, a different level, like Entertainment Tonight type level. Four Horsemen was like BET. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel what I'm trying to say? Like, they they were more concrete in comparison to WWE and whatever they were doing there. Right. So that's the reason why I wouldn't take out the Four Horsemen. Because to this day, everybody's trying to be Ric Flair. Past 15 years, can we... How many fucking rap songs can we name that had something to do with Ric Flair? Shout out to Pusha T, first nigga to do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, going to NWO. I seen a lot of people on that post talking about, oh, fuck it, NWO, NWO, NWO. And I went straight to the post. I'm not talking about the chat. I'm going, went straight to the post. And I saw a lot of people talk about that they could do without the NWO. Really? Can you do without the NWO? Without the NWO, you wouldn't have a DX. A DX was basically birthed off of what they were doing in WCW at the moment. Without these main stars leaving, would Shawn Michaels actually get with Triple H like that? Like, Shawn Michaels click, of course. Three out of four left. You know what I'm saying? What if... Vince McMahon would have been like, nah, 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 we're not going to have that. They probably would have left too then. Who knows? Like, yo, you don't know what could have happened. Or if or if those guys never left, would, would Shawn Michaels get the, get, get the championship opportunities that he got after WrestleMania 12? Would, would anything have happened after the, the Montreal Screwjob? At Survivor Series with Bret Hart, like all of this, all of this was basically effects of what NWO was doing in WCW. And if it wasn't for NWO, knowingly, I know NWO, they stole that whole gimmick and that whole way from Japan at the moment because Japan was doing that shit first, but Japan didn't bring it to pop culture. It was WCW that brought it to pop culture. Yeah. To the point where you got fucking Ghostface going in the um the Shay Shayla Ghost video with the fucking with the WCW title right there, fucking Pastor Troy over here with the WCW title on his shit. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have that. And if you don't have that, do you have Bullet Club? Bullet Club is basically the baby of the NWO. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? It's the baby of the NWO. So if you have, do you have that Finn Balor, or should I say Prince Devitt, because that was his name in New Japan, do you have that heel turn where he goes, and him, it's, it's him and Fale, and then him and fucking Tama, and then him, Carl, uh, Carl, uh, Carl Anderson, Machine Gun, then you get Luke Gallows and all these motherfuckers, and bring us something that made everybody love wrestling again. And I'm telling you, love it to the point where you weren't even fucking thinking twice about telling somebody that you were watching wrestling. Don't tell me that there wasn't a time in your life from you getting out of high school to you being a fucking adult that you didn't want to tell anybody you was watching wrestling. Because that's a fucking bold-faced lie, motherfucker. Bold-faced motherfucking lie. NWO made you love wrestling again. And that's that. And that all derives from the NWO. All derives from that. So without one or the other, you don't have what we're loving right now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like saying, all right, so what if there was no Jordan? Okay, so LeBron is the fucking dude. What happened the next 15 years, bro? All the people that we have sympathy for. Shout out to Patrick Ewing. He got a chip now. So what are we talking about? I mean, without Jordan, there's no, there is no LeBron. Without Jordan, there's no Kobe. Exactly. So you need that. You need that lineage. It's, you know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly, bro. And that's why when these posts come out, I'm looking at them like I can't answer it. Because then I question it. You know? Like, I, I question it. I was like, yo, but without NWO, do you have this down the third? You know, there's always there's always a butterfly effect. There's always a ripple effect into some shit. That's why these posts are, they're they're just to create argument with no real concrete evidence or anything. There's no there's no foundation into the argument. Yeah, it's it's all opinion based, but then it's like it's not really logical because like you like you just broke down one without the other. Like without NWO, none of this exists. Exactly. Like without NWO, there's no DX and there's no Bullet Club. You know, you're still gonna have the Four Horsemen, but that was how long ago? Exactly, my nigga. So NWO, you know, they rebirthed like the faction, and they just went super ham with it. You no, know, we 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 got the fucking nation out of that shit. I, I'm telling you, like, yo, we got mad factions out of NWO coming together. We got mad factions. We got the Nation. We got Los Boricuas. Fucking the Disciples of Apocalypse. The Ministry of Darkness. You know, uh, the Ministry Corporation. The Corporation. You know, and it's just like, it, it's just everything had, had an effect. Everything had an effect. So, it is what it is. I agree, bro. That's true. Those those posts are like the divisive. It's true. It's just there to like have people in the comments going ham, you know, turn up. This post probably had like two thousand comments and shit, just because people. Yeah, are, I don't see why not. It probably did. Yeah, because people are just they love to argue, 
And this isn't even really something that you can argue. You can't argue it, bro. There's nothing to effing argue, bro. Nothing. But uh what you been what you been hearing besides yourself in the studio? <laughs> um <laughs> this this might come as a surprise, but I'm I'm still listening to the Freddie Gibbs album. Ah, uh, not a surprise. Not, not a surprise. much has changed. Not much has changed. Uh, um, a surprise. Uh, there hasn't been really any like profound releases, I would say. Yeah, I was gonna one say really. I'm sorry to cut you off. One that really caught me off guard. Jane Mills came out with something. Oh, word. Yeah. Oh shit. I mean, like the Pop Smoke album is good. You know, I've I actually went back to it. Sound yeah. like a fifty album. <laughs> it does. It does sound like a fifty album in a way, but honestly, I felt like I felt it was really good. No, no, it was good. It was balanced. But see, that's what Fifty does best. He knows how to balance music. Uh, your man DJ Khaled is coming out with two new Drake songs tonight. <laughs> so, um, let me ask you a question. You ever heard of both with the with the owl? But go ahead, my bad. <laughs> You ever heard of Boldy James? Boldy James. How do you spell that? Boldy. B-O-L-D-Y. James. Somebody. Who's putting me onto this guy? Somebody was putting me onto this guy. It wasn't me. He, uh, Nas has signed him. I don't know if he's still signing Nas, though. Nah, yeah. My boy, my boy was putting me onto this guy. He's been doing a lot of stuff for Griselda and Alchemist. Yeah, I see that. He got a joint. He got a joint out. Um, well, Alchemist. Uh, damn, what's the name of it? Price. Price something. Oh, the price of tea in China. There you go. Okay. Yo, he he got some. He got some stuff. I mean, he was one of the first artists actually signed to. Uh, oh, not not. What was the record label that um, Mass Appeal? Massive. Oh, okay, okay. It was one of the first. It was him, Davies, and some other, some other guy. Forgot his name too. Yeah, my boy was putting me on to this dude actually. Yeah, he so got, you he a got fan. Some shit. You fucked with it. Yeah, he got some shit. He got some shit. Think more. Uh, you know what? It's gonna be between. Oof. He he got he got a joint with Freddie Gibbs is dope. Uh, it's gonna be between Are these now. albums. Produced by Alchemist? Yeah. Awesome. It's between that joint and the one he got with Finn, Vince uh, Vince Staples. I heard that one. So, you know what? I'm going to play the one with him and Vince Staples. I fuck with Vince Staples. Shout out to Vince Staples. You know what up? He's a funny nigga. But, uh, yeah, man. Be, be, be on the lookout next week. We're going to come back with... Reasonable Clout, the Randy Orton series. I'm gonna go back to that. I'm gonna give him his flowers. And I think uh, I think we'll 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 play one of my joints at the end. There we go. I got some. I got something for ya. There we go. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. But yes, this was episode one thirteen. 
Wojnowski's back. Diablo. And we Estoy are the 20... What? What happened? Estoy aquí. <laughs> and we are the 20 by 20 podcast. I'm your host, Nathan McFly with... Senegal Woodrow, man. Big shout out to my brother, Nathan McFly, holding shit down. Make sure you cop some t-shirts. Yes. I heard a little rumor that that Brian Pillman tee is not going to be for sale for long. So whatever is available, I sincerely stress to you guys to get on it, cop a t-shirt. We got the Shawn Michaels out. Um, got the Taylor uh, out. And 20 by 20 logo tee. You got two new joints coming out soon. Yep. Uh, we're not going to talk much about that, but yeah, man, do yourself a favor, hit the shop. Um, and yeah, this is the 20 by 20 podcast. Bro. You know, give give us uh, give us a five stars, iTunes, Spotify, Google, yeah, Play, whatever it may be. You know, leave, leave a comment, leave a review, talk to us. Why not? If you got something you think we should talk about, send us an email. It's ITS twenty two zero X two zero podcast P O D C A S T at yahoo.com. Bow. Or just holler at us on Instagram, 20 by 20 podcast. Holler at us on Twitter, 20 by 20 underscore podcast. It's a lot of people trying to be us. So you already know what that is. That's a fact. We're here, never going anywhere. Hope you like the show. And shout out to the Nation of Domination. And shout out to Los Boricuas and shout out to <laughs> Los Bachateros. Dio Savio, we need you on the show. Cha Cha Charlie. That's that's the faction, bro. <laughs> Bachateros, bro. You pull up with a whole band, bro. Oh, shit. That's crazy. I'm not even giving out these jewels no more. Yo, peace. <laughs> Where we at with Black work. Let's get it. Slums of Detroit, drugs on the port, plug with the source, gun in my shorts, blood with the sport, jump on the porch, hung like a horse, ones with the force, drunk in the porch, trunk full of corks, done with the torch, run for the fort, love for my door, son was the fort, youngin' on the run with a warrant, motherfucker judge in the course, club full of dorks, got it out the mud in my porch, had to let the love run its course, cousin of North, plugged in New York, plugged on the coast, dozen of storks, tub full of dope, road trips to Ipsy, was good with the coke Real niggas like Nipsey Give a hood nigga hope Dub with the smoke Got about a dub in my coast Ain't even on the flyer But think I'm in love with the host Glove on the toast This for all my cousins and folks Bloods in my lows They know I'm a thug till I cross How we coming? Overlord status, I be slumming My son think that I don't love him He don't know his daddy thug Shit, I been out here since a young Running up a check thumb And stuffing hundreds in that drum. These niggas know this how we come. It ain't no future in your front and when my shooters get the dummy. You know my crew ain't missing nothing. 
Over the bloopers and the punkers, niggas notice how we curse through the third, 15th through the 31st, 31 third, big three, and my dirty squirt burning shirt. Me and Nick Speed, here you heard it first. Curtis Curb, niggas cook beef like a surfing turf. You know we swerving purrs, slicking in fish grease. Them early ones get the birds with the big beaks. Shit got your bitch working my nerves out at Twin Peaks. GNE, I love martinis, we don't mix drinks. Thick links, only built for Cubans, think I'm Big Meech, I've been bricking. Now I need that Cuban with the big sink. I've been street with me, nothing J9. Now we in deep. When this is me, it's just me and my nine. Feel like I'm 10 deep. On the one, planted in the hood. Feel like Big Squeak. Off of forest, dancing with them woods. Niggas been sheep. The hood want the music. Trying not to let this shit leak. My son trying to fill my shoes, but daddy got some big feet. Got some pretty big shoes. Overlord status, I'll be slumming. My son think that I don't love him. He don't know his daddy thug. Shit, I've been out here since a young. Running up a check, thumbing, stuffing hundreds in that drum. These niggas notice how we coming. It ain't no future in your front, and when my shooters get the dumb, you know my crew ain't missing nothing. Over the bloopers and the punkers, niggas notice how came we coming. Came with the creeps, came with the script, churn up the grits, can't never slip. Bang on the hip, burst from the whip, drive by shooter. Autopilot when I buy by losers. Look, mama, no hands. Look, mama, more bands. Big house, more land. Lil' Vince, a grown man. Came with his own plan. No friends wanna pop me. Homie, you can't stop me. Thugging with the wop. Burning up that llama swap me. You know who the ops was. Ain't nobody shot me. But I shot, mm hmm, hmm, maybe about three. Wasn't doing too much. I done made a few bucks. I can get your clue clips underneath the white sheet. Off the porch with hot feet. Coulda ran a 40 and a 4 flat. 4 4 snub nose. Homer, let me hold that. I ain't never shoot a throw. Trade it for a deuce. Five and a sidekick slide. Put that shit on tiny scrap. Pull up where they find me at. Shot a nimble fire back. Almost hit the great bend. Send it to Atlanta. Got the Tesla with the great rims. Tommy, I'ma put you on that stretcher. That's on gangland. The breaking news tonight is that two people, according to Detroit police, were shot inside, which prompted all of this at the Sitco gas station here on 8th. Mara doesn't have a headlight on, and somebody, if not a couple people, could be running out of this vehicle now. One, two, three.